It's time for today's episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast with your host, the perky blonde who's the talk of women's tennis and America's college recruiting guru, Dan Tudor. Hey, Coach. Welcome to the podcast. Great to have you here. You know what? Recruiting is in full swing. It is a new recruiting season, and as you've noticed, your recruits are starting to not only ask questions, but also bring up some objections, the things that maybe they don't like or understand about your school or your program. And whenever those start, it kind of causes everything to grind to a halt. And if you don't know how to answer the questions, it becomes a little bit of a... um, of a hurdle to get over. And and that's what we want to address in today's episode here on the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. Uh, And this took place, uh, what we're going to talk about today, with a a coach that that emailed me with a question. And hey, if you're listening to this, uh, you can email me as well, dan at dantutor.com. And uh, whenever there's a question that I think is going to apply to Most coaches that are listening to the podcast uh, will go ahead and and just have that conversation and record it and play it back. And we like to do that every once in a while because um, as opposed to a straight interview with an expert or an author or a guest, which we do plenty of, or or me just outlining a strategy that we see working, I like to bring coaches in and, and get that conversation going as well. And that's the case today. So the situation that we're going to address today is when a recruit comes back to you with an objection or a question about the size of your school, and usually that relates to uh, the fact that it might be smaller than what they've imagined, Uh, and is that a good thing in their mind? Why should they want a smaller campus? Now, it can go the other way as well. I mean, you have kids that uh, maybe... Uh, a little quieter, a little more shy, and the idea of going to a school with thirty or 40,000 students uh, really intimidates them. So there's going to be things that will apply in either scenario. So if you're a big school and you run into the, the objection sometimes that the school seems too big, we will have strategies in this episode that uh, that come up that you'll be able to use. And certainly if you're a school that is smaller uh, you're going to have a lot of uh, notes to take and uh, application for what we're going to talk about today. So just to outline the situation with this coach before we dive into the conversation and today's episode, um, he coaches at a smaller school uh, in the eastern part of the country. Uh, it's a Division two school, but they only have uh, between 1,500, 2,000 students. So it doesn't really uh, typically fit the the small Division three or, or NAIA private school or liberal arts scenario, but they are a a division two that happens to be a smaller liberal arts campus. And the question that he gets a lot or the objection that he faces is about the size of the school. It's smaller than maybe what kids have anticipated. And so he really asked a pretty basic question. How do we answer this objection effectively to get kids moved past this idea that just because they're going to go to a small school it's not going to be fun. Or even maybe there's a, a, um, um, a tie-in in their mind to the quality of the athletic experience at a smaller school. So uh, he, he kind of outlined that situation for us, asked the question, 
and uh, and we pick up the conversation as we as we get ready to to answer that first part of the question for him, uh, and I'll let him take it from there and and kind of outline where he stands and and what some of the things he struggles with when it comes to answering the question about the size of the school that he coaches at. So the number one objection I see, uh, and the one that I have to combat is that we're quote unquote too small. And this is often a response from kids for whom you know, uh, social life comes up in phone conversations uh, or unofficial visits. So many recruits look to bigger schools with the expectation that you know more aggregate students will equate to a more vibrant social life or social scene. And, and this always seemed a little wrong-headed to me. Um, I would think that a more intimate campus, smaller class size would uh, lead to more social interaction. But at any rate, we, we struggle to demonstrate this and, and meet this year too small objection. So I guess my, my question in a nutshell is, do you know of any you know, social science research or anything that might uh, you know, debunk that bias? I guess any magic bullet for that, that too small sure. objection. Sure. Well, okay, so if we back up, and, and by the way, the, the question that you are outlining, and one of the reasons I wanted to have you share this on the podcast is because I think a lot of coaches struggle with this if your school isn't 15, 20, 30,000 in, in enrollment. And, and you, you know, one of the last things you said was, you know, it doesn't make sense to you that a, you know, more aggregate students would equal more fun, you know, whereas a smaller, more connected campus would actually get you more friends, more, you know, more potential uh, connections. And I think you're exactly right. And I would agree with you that, you know, the, 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 the logic that more people on, you know, on a campus is going to mean more fun isn't necessarily true. But you and I approach it from the post-college world, and you and I approach it from you, you're kind of you living on your campus and seeing the um, the interactions and seeing the connections, and maybe even comparing it to others, other campuses, other situations that you've heard about and, and that you've seen play out. And so I think the first thing to realize, and I guess there is social science behind it, but I'll try to oversimplify it just for the sake of this, uh, this conversation. I think this generation of kids have grown up thinking that bigger is better. Uh, more kids equals more fun. And, you know, and the converse, uh, the converse is true as well. Uh, that smaller equals more boring. Uh, and, smaller doesn't equal more fun. So, so right away, there's that, there's that comparison that, you know, we're, we can approach it from the adult perspective, uh, but our recruits are approaching it from the, <laughs> the teenager perspective and, you know, to go one step further. So why do they think like that? Well, I think you look at any movie about college, any movie about, you know, that life after high school, how do they portray it? Usually it's the big school, um, big crowds of kids, just bigger. And again, it goes back to that idea. Bigger is better. There's going to be more fun if it's a smaller campus. Well, my high school is a smaller campus, and I don't think that's very fun. I mean, they're, they're equating it to maybe what they right. what they have uh, have experience with. So right away, let's recognize that that they 
have a misguided view of what's going to make college fun. And I can say pretty comfortably it's misguided because how often do you at your school, uh, not being a, a major college division one institution, how often do you get a kid that you will, you'll recruit and uh, he or she will go off onto a bigger campus, even if it's, you know, far less in terms of playing time or far less uh, in terms of uh, potential scholarship money and that type of thing, but they'll go off because it's the bigger school. It's what their club coach has been telling them. This is what you're aiming for. It's what the high school coach has said. If you're a good athlete, you'll get to go here. So they do that and realize then very shortly, well, first of all, the athletic experience isn't much fun if I'm sitting on the bench. And number two, uh, the, you know, I don't know anybody or I feel lost, or I just don't feel at home here. And those are the things that we hear from clients that we work with that will, you know, get a, get a, an athlete to come back. And the reasoning always is I just didn't feel connected or I didn't feel like a part of the team. The coach didn't want me. It was different than the way I had imagined or the way that that coach had, had sort of sold me uh, on the experience. So they're, they're discovering the same thing that you and I know and that you just really accurately outlined, but they don't do that until after they get there. Uh, so, so that's the problem. That's, you know, I think the core of your question relates back to how do you, how does the school or a school like this accurately project out before they make the decision what they, you know, how they should look at that. So give me an idea of, without going into, of course, the specifics of, of your school and the name and everything, just because we want to keep that uh, anonymous. But if you can go into some detail about how the school promotes themselves and, and then also what you do to promote that idea that, hey, this is going to be a good place, even if, even if you feel like it's not working well uh, or as effective as it could be, Let's establish what the starting point is, because I'll bet it's like, you know, what a lot of schools and coaches do. So can you kind of give me a rough outline of what that might be? Yeah, I think we, we trumpet, uh, you know, a culture of, of family. Um, and we, you know, we do champion our, you know, 10 to 1 uh, student-faculty ratio, things like that. Um, so the small class size are appeal, again, to when appealing to, you know, parents sitting in the office. Uh, and just that that logical piece, um, but I, I do think we we struggle to, you know, I guess break down what you mentioned. Just you know whether it's just the bigger is better, right? You know, uh, right. Bias. Well, okay. So let's let's go with the whole idea. The major theme that the school that you coach at uh, kind of promotes themselves with is that we're a family here. That mm -hmm. you know you're going to be a part of. A family once you get to campus. Right, right. One of the issues with that is that every single campus around the country does that. Doesn't matter if they're a BCS school with 30,000 plus students or they're a medium sized school, small school, East Coast school, West Coast school, Midwest, division level, doesn't matter. Um, I have never walked onto a campus and seen anywhere in their literature or anywhere in their talking points that says, you know, you're going to come here for an education, but you're not really going to connect with people or feel like it's a family. I've, I've just, I've never seen that. Now, now look, you, I mean, it could be a hundred percent true. You might, that might be, you might work at and coach at the school that is most accurate in the, in the country when it comes to that family feel. 
But if everybody else says it, and I'm now the teenager who has been watching movies, TV, I've been listening to my club coach, my high school coach, my own thoughts and imagination, and I hear you saying the same thing that everybody else says, and now it also doesn't match up with what I have been picturing as either what college is really like or what it should be like, that's then, I think, where where the disconnect comes. And it's really hard, and, and not just for you and not just at your school, but every school, I think it's finding that the family element is is hard. If all we do is say we're like a family, just because, again, most other schools uh, most other schools say that. So the first thing, let, let's kind of dig into the family uh, side of it. And let's just say that we want to keep that as a major theme because at your school, it's accurate. The one thing I would do is instead of making that declaration that it's family here, I would go into detail of why it's like that. Um, because you and I could know, at, you know, we could say, okay, small school, it's a family feel. You and I can jump eight or nine spaces ahead in our thinking because we're familiar with it. Smaller class sizes, more connection. The professor's going to know your name. You're going to get to know your classmates. That means you're going to hang out with them. And all, we can go down that road really deeply because we're familiar with it. We've had that life experience. And high school kids, as you're recruiting them, really haven't. That's why transfers, whether it's a junior college transfer or a transfer back into your school, if you'll notice, and any coach that's listening to this, might have the same observation or realization that they don't really care about as much uh, the family feel or the connections that they might make on the team. Somebody that is transferring in is really, you know, is really focused on, am I going to play? Like, what's the plan for me? And why do you need me? Because, because they're coming in and they really, they've, they now realize they have a different frame of mind uh, and now realize that making this decision as a necessarily a sophomore or junior in college is way different than making it as a junior or senior in high school. Right. And that's why you have that completely different mindset from those kids. Well, so as a high school kid, I'm going to need evidence and not just, I, I might even suggest coach that you, you not say we've got a real family feel here, but jump in to, you know, why are, why the guys on my team love it here? is really because of these three things and then talk about three aspects of of that family feeling but but boil it down to either an action or a feeling or a specific as a, as opposed to a broad term get very specific which i think then does two things it it first of all gives you something different to talk about than what they're hearing from a, a, at other schools number one but number two, when they get when they come on your campus, it gives them things specifically to look at to find out if you're telling the truth. And when they do that, now you've built trust that wow, he told me those three things, and I'm here on campus, and sure enough, that's I'm seeing evidence of those three things. So now there's a comfort level and there's a trust level that maybe you know they were holding off on completely buying into uh, before. So let me challenge you. And again, without getting into the specifics of, of where you coach and the sport and everything, can you just in thinking of that, if you had to give me two or three items that you would maybe list, cite, and talk about as evidence that there is a family feel at your school and even within your particular team and, and program at that school, what, what would you feel like you could talk about? In, in broad terms anyway. 
I think uh, first and foremost that they spend a lot of time together outside of practice, um, the kids do. Uh, and then uh, on top of that, I just think the way our, our head coach um, you know, sort of treats the kids almost in a, a familial way, uh, maternal, I guess. Um, so there's that. And then I just think the way they, they take care of each other. Um, you know, whether that's supporting each other athletically, academically, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So three great items. And that goes absolutely to that family feel. And do you see how much, much richer those three examples are than just, you know, talking about the family feel, but to actually go into the detail. And then what I would want you to do is when you have that, that, that detail, uh, in place now give, uh, examples of, of each one. So tell a story around each one of those things. So for instance, the head coach taking on a very, uh, uh, parental type role, um, you know, first of all, that may not be perceived as a positive by some right. kids, but let's, let's, so, but which I think is, it underscores the reason that you need to explain it. So how give, can you give an example or a story of when that happened? Or how, or how typically that would happen within the program. And just for people that are listening too, that are that are listening on the podcast, I have not gone over all of this, you know, and for uh, for for the coach who's who's calling in. So, so you know, he's on the spot, and I appreciate him being open to to kind of going through this because the the whole point is to to learn, but he doesn't have the, the answers, uh, or even the questions ahead of time. So if, if it takes you a second, um, and it's not perfect, that's okay, coach. Yeah, no, I think, um, if I was speaking about our, our head coach, uh, know she takes care of kids. Um, one example would be a student struggling academically, um, her taking that student on as an advice ad, advisee in the advisor role, um, you know, helping them with, uh, you know, just you know, reading comprehension, things like that, the summer months, right? Just sending them things and, and things of that nature, really taking ownership of uh, academic successes. Got it. Okay. So not just saying, you know, again, here's where a, a contrast is important too. So at a lot of schools, you know, the coach will just send you off to the academic advisor and doesn't want to get involved. Our coach does. And, and then maybe to finish it off by saying, so here's, here's why you should here's why that should matter to you. Here's why that's important. Or you should be looking for a college that does that. That's that then sort of completes the whole thought. So you've given me this the, sort of the step in the process that, that we would want you to use. And you, you did it perfectly. Once we kind of, you know, went through all that is give me something, number one, give me something that is not a general term, you know, in this case, family feeling, talk about a specific is number two, and then go into detail uh about that specific and then lastly tell me why that should be important to me because again you know if um you know if if i if i'm a teenager i don't necessarily know do i want a coach that's paying all that attention to me is is it um is it a positive if they're always on me about my homework wow that sounds like my mom and dad now at you know at my house and i don't know if i want that well, you have to, I think, explain to them why that's so important for your coach to take that kind of an interest in you. And and that's going to tell them a little bit of the personality of, of your coach and how you approach things there. And when whenever you do that, you've, you've now outlined something 
that is so specific and so uh, unique to your school that it becomes a point where a kid can say, you know what, I really do want that. Or they might say, you know what, that, that sounds way too personal for me and I don't want that. Well, if they don't want that kind of attention in this example, I don't know that they're right for your program because that's what's going to happen. And, um, and so that's something that, uh, that, that's something that, that you can't, um, um, you can't, you just can't focus on. So the, the, um, the thing that I will, will kind of go with is if you can, if you can pick out as many of those examples as possible, if you can get, it's, uh, if you can give as many specifics as as you can about how that's going to be different there, then then I think that's going to do a uh, a world of good. And and I'll I'll finish this up by or this part of a conversation by by saying this that when um, when you do that, you you not only set yourself apart, but it gives them reasons to believe you. And, and through all this, what are we trying to do? Yeah, sure, we want to tell them about the program, but we really want to get them to trust and believe and want that, want that, uh, want that connection. You can do that also with, um, you know, what does the team do? You know, you cited one of the things, you know, what does the team do when they're hanging out together? You said that, you know, they hang out together outside of their sport. Um, go into detail, go into examples. So here's, here's, you know, two things I know that our team loves doing when they're not, you know, when they're not practicing or, you know, outside of the sport, uh, and go into detail. And, and then again, end it by saying, so here's why that should be important to you. Here's why you should be looking for a team like that. It might, by the way, what you're telling them might be, um, might be something that every other school that they're looking at could tell them, but and this is an important point. If you are the one that tells them, if you're the one that outlines it for them and the other coaches don't, or they do it the wrong way, then you're going to win, at least on that point. Right, right. No, that makes sense. So when, did, how, how does all that, the, the problem that you outlined, how does that take shape when they actually do come to campus and... Um, and, and now you get to, they're, they're actually experiencing all of this and maybe they are coming in with that same question in mind, but, but I guess, how are they, um, how are they, how are they looking at it or, or when does that objection come up on campus and is it different than when it's on the, the phone with you or, or, you know, remotely? Yeah, usually it comes up, um, you know, after seeing our school and then seeing bigger schools. It's, again, it's almost a head versus heart. I think um, usually families and, and kids are very enthusiastic about what they witness on campus when they visit. And even the way we describe things, we do try to sort of show that family ethos, not just, you know, tell the, tell about it. But I think sometimes with, with bigger schools, whether it's status, whether it's, um, I guess that, that, media-based perceived uh, equation of energy. I, I think we still combat that a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm struck with, you know, the, I guess, rhetorical effectiveness of what you're talking about in terms of, you know, breaking, you know, uh, 
bring out examples and, and, and showing those examples as a, as a narrative that can unfold. Uh, but then most importantly, that finishing up with you know, really posing those questions, why should it matter? Why should it be important? Um, it also makes me think about you know, elsewhere in your writings and, and the, this podcast, you talk about fear. Because in, in those phone conversations, I mean, obviously kids are, you know, they're terrified to get it wrong. And if the social piece is you know, uh, really important, and, and it is for you know, 99% of our recruits, um, I think that's where we just have to do a better job of uh, really you know, predicting and projecting you know, that as not just abstractions, but concrete realities. So I think when kids visit our school and then go to other bigger schools, they, they're confused. Um, so I guess it's good, it's good to raise the conflict, but it seems like we, we get really close. Uh, a lot of times we're down to last two schools and, uh, you know, sometimes we'll lose to the bigger school. And I think it might be, uh, you know, the perception of, of bigger is better in a social sense. But I also think there's an element of uh, you know, status anxiety there. At, oh, at there too. no, absolutely. That's a great way to put it. The fear and the status anxiety, because again, it goes back to what we talked about before. You know, you brought it up you know, the size of the school and, and, uh, you know, is how that might be perceived. Well, again, you know, one of the answers to that, that we went over was they're, they were, they were supposed to go to the big school. They're a good athlete. And if mm -hmm. I'm, if I'm a good athlete, I go to the big school and it's a full scholarship. And, you know, my football team is on ESPN every week or we, all, all the, all the, you know, things that as a high school kid, as a family, seem to matter in the decision-making. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things that, uh, that, that I think you should focus on, again, we'll go back to one of the principles that we, we just talked about, is when they're on your campus and they've come there after visiting a big campus or they're about to go and visit a bigger school uh, or just want to visit a bigger school and still have that mindset that bigger is, is better. I think as you're showing them around, I want you to talk about the difference between you and a larger school. That doesn't mean negative recruit against that other school or a specific school, but just the idea that, you know, look, here's why, you know, so we're, uh, you know, a campus of under, you know, 2000 students, we're, we're smaller than the next two campuses that you're going to go visit. Here's why you should want that. And again, then lay out the idea that at our school, you know, it's a 10 to one student to, to, to teacher ratio and, and explain the benefits of that. When you go to a larger school, it's, you know, it's different and explain why it's different. And, but, but more importantly, why it's better at your school. And again, I don't want, and I never advised uh, in favor of negative recruiting, because I think it is, it has very short-term benefits and, and, and then a lot of late and negative long-term benefits. But in this case, what they're looking for when they come to your school and they're listening to you and they're looking at you, and let's say they bring up the objection or the question, they, know, they need the answers to their questions, no doubt. But what they're also looking for is, how do you feel about it? Do you sort of blink when it comes, or do you apologize? Because I've heard lots of coaches, okay. let's just take the school size thing. Um, you know, if you say, you know, you're talking about the school size, and your response is, yeah, I know we're not as we're not as big as them and, and we don't have you know Greek life on campus, but but our kids have fun and you know they find things to do and you know, well if that's if that's and now I'm hearing you say that, 
what you've done is you've just confirmed for me that, oh, yeah, it isn't that fun here. He's sort of struggling to right. to make, you know, to just sort of come up with an answer. And so they're listening very much to how you're answering the question. You know, that's body language, your tone of the voice. You know, whereas if you took that same question that they popped up and your response was, oh, my gosh, I mean, our, our the kids on our team have so much fun. And, you know, and, you know, you know, here's why this, this, and that. And, you know, what's funny is that it's actually because we're a smaller school, they know so many more people and they see them on campus and there's so much easier to make friends here. And that's why we have people that never want to leave in terms of, you know, transfer. They're really happy because they're, you know, they have a ton of fun. And, you know, then you can go into the story about your, your team hanging out together outside of practice. And now it takes on a completely different vibe because, you, the parents that are listening to this or the athlete that's listening to you explain that and you have that tone of voice and you have like you're basically saying, oh, my gosh, no, you're wrong. Here's here's reality. Mm-hmm. Now I think it gets them to rethink it. Huh? Wow. OK, because, you know, when they if they get to the point of visiting a campus, what I tell coaches is they're about 80 percent there. There's academically you, they check the boxes that you have what they want academically location they're probably open to that there's a lot of things that are already going right and so what are they what are they coming onto campus to figure out well we want our objections or our questions answered number one and number two we want to know does this feel like the right place and do the people there feel seem to feel like it's the right place and we've all been on campuses and or been uh, a part of coaching staffs where you just didn't have that energy you knew things were going downhill or you knew something there was a struggle there somewhere and, you know, we pick up all that off of, you know, verbal and nonverbal cues and how you react to things. And if you as a coach are apologizing for the size of the school, um, you know, you might be a coach and the a coach listening could be a coach that went to, it's coaching at a smaller school, went to a bigger school. Well, explain some things that, wow, now that I'm here, I really you know, feel like I missed out in these areas when I went to my school and, and talk about that. Okay. Or, or if it's flip-flopped, um, you know, because the reality is we're going to have a coach that's listening to this that coaches at a larger school, and now there's a kid that is more attracted to a smaller school. Well, my advice to that coach would be you need to explain why your school has, uh, you know, basically has these benefits and these advantages that, that smaller schools don't. And, and I – because, look, there's not – there's some kids where the smaller school is right for them. Some kids where the larger school is right for them based on their major personality, everything. What the coach's responsibility is, is to tell the story and to make the case. And then that athlete and their family get to decide if they, if they buy into it, they say, yeah, that makes sense. That's for me. Or no, I don't, you know, I I don't believe that. I still think this over here. Your job and responsibility as a coach is to tell the story and to make the case. It's not to make the decision for them or certainly not to apologize uh, what you're all about, which, by the way, I don't think you're doing. Um, I'm just sort of speaking generally here. But I think most coaches fall into this, this trap of reciting some very, I'll say, bland and very um, generic benefits to their school that quite frankly every school could say because i have one daughter that went to a very large 
Big Ten University and felt like it was home from day one. Um, I have another daughter now at a smaller uh, private college, and she feels like it's home. And both would probably look at the other one and say, well, no, that wouldn't be right for me. But but so, so the way you, the, the power that you have in all this, Coach, is that you have the power to define who you are and and who who why your your team likes it there and the positives of it, and then it's up to them to decide is that for me. And the interesting thing is that when you do that, you're going to actually get better kids that are better tied into your school because no coach wants to bring on kids who don't really want to be there or who don't know why they're there because those are the kids that transfer at the end of the first semester and now you know that that's just no fun for. Um, no fun for anybody. Um, it creates more work. So, you know, so given the conversation that, that we're having and as you've been thinking about it, what, what are, what would be two or three of the changes that you would say, okay, here, here are some things that now I would probably do differently or that, you know, specifically I know I'm going to go back to our head coach and we're going to come up with a plan for, uh, you know, for, for approaching this in a different way. I think, um, you know, first of all, I'd be really attentive to, uh, you know, my my communication, verbal and, and physical, in terms of whether I'm apologizing for, you know, school size or not. Uh, that that jumps up because I think sometimes it's it's an objection we hear enough that uh, there's a danger of being defensive about it. So that's something I'd, I'd like to again just be attentive to how I'm talking about it, um, and then beyond that. I think uh, a lot of times when kids visit school, you know, we're, we're trying to lay out a number of uh, things. It's a bit of an infomercial. Uh, and I think where we've uh, succeeded more in the past is you know, you know, with campus tours and things like that, where you're uh, getting a chance to um, you know, speak more directly about you know, some of these examples. Again, showing uh, the advantages, showing differences. So I think I tend to do a pretty good job of that with written communication. I think I need to do a better job of that when uh, speaking to kids directly, both by phone and, and uh, during uh, unofficial visits. Yeah. Right. And so other were there other questions that maybe what we talked about, uh, you know, caused to come to mind that we that we didn't talk about that could be all in this, again, surrounding this topic of how do you answer the question of, of school size when maybe it, it's, you know, doesn't feel like the right fit for, um, for, for that particular prospect. What other questions did what we talk about generate for you? You know, I think, um, it's definitely answered a, a lot of questions and really, um, I think laid bare some, some pitfalls, um, you know, in terms of, you know, Playing out a contrast, I think that's easy to do without negative recruiting. I think that's something I could do. I think there are times when I almost hesitate to talk about other schools, the alternative experiences, right? Because when a kid visits or if you're talking about your program, you tend to focus on your program. And I think I could definitely do a better job of, of juxtaposing and, and trying to play out those differences in terms of again, showing or predicting what that would look like or feel like in their you know, uh, experience at the next level. Well, and, and let me jump in too, as sort of a, just, you know, to wrap that part of it up. 
when you do that, um, first of all, when, when you start talking, let's say you make the decision to talk a little bit more, um, you know, intentionally about the other schools that they're looking at. I think you do that by starting off with complimenting their other choices that, you know, I think, you know, the two other programs that, that you're looking at, those are great. Those are great programs. They do a great job or, you know, I've, I've known coach so-and-so over there for a lot of years, or I got to, you know, um, coach at one of his, you know, the camps that he did before. Yeah. I just compliment their choice, compliment, you know, the other school, because, First of all, when you do that, it's not like you're you're selling the other school. They're already somewhat sold on the other school. All you're doing right. is saying, you know, you're not you're not being that coach who criticizes the other coach uh, in the other school, and that's important because when we do focus group testing uh, with with kids, one of the things they universally say turns them off about a coach is when they start criticizing. The other schools that they're looking at or bad mouthing the other schools that they're considering so do the opposite compliment them um you know and if they're a, if they're a larger school or on the surface more prestigious um you know let them know yeah i, I can see why they'd be interested in you because you know you're a good athlete and that's why we want you to we recruit basically the same the same athletes mm -hmm. uh, so so compliment that uh that that choice and then but then also, you know, ask questions around it. So, look, you mentioned these two schools. So what are the things that you really like about them? Uh, what are the, you know, what, you know, what do they seem to have that maybe some other schools that you've looked at don't have? And I think as they start talking and you ask questions and you're now you're not criticizing them and you're not, um, you're not arguing with them. You're just letting them talk and you're complimenting their choice. I think what it does is it brings down that wall, that barrier that they naturally have where they tend to think like, I can't say anything because this is competitive and they want me and that other school wants me and I have to keep things close to the vest. Well, n no coach wants their, their prospects not talking to them. And so right, right. if you want them talking, compliment, because then when they go on that other visit, how much easier is it to call that prospect up or I you know, or text them or just make contact with them and say, Hey, your visit to such and such, how did that go? Did you have fun? That athlete's going to answer and say, yeah, Hey, it was pretty good. You know, saw this, this, you know, then the natural question is, were there anything that, anything that surprised you or, but now you're talking to them and they're opening up to you probably in a way that they aren't with other coaches. And that's the whole point of this is you want them talking. Ultimately, coach, they get to make the decision. Is your school the right size? Right, right. Your job, like we've talked about, is to make the cases to here's the advantage. And here are here's what you're going to find that that is different between our school and the next one you're going to go visit. And by the way, the differences don't all have to be negative. That you can say they've got, you know, it's much bigger. Um, and they have, you know, bigger tailgating at their, uh, you know, on Saturdays during football you know, but on the flip side, we have this over here. So go over the two benefits and, and, but, but contrast it because again, you talking positively about your school who might not be as large in population as the next one, it's still positive. And that's the thing that they need. They probably haven't come into the conversation with is, well, wait, you're not a BCS division one school. You're smaller. Um, you know, all those things lined up 
you come into with as, as a negative conversation with them, or in their mind, it's, it's a negative. I want you to ex, you know, explain the positive, explain how you're similar and also different from the other schools that they're looking at, because number one, it's going to foster good communication. Number two, it's going to much easier and much more easily define who you are to them. And that's what I think they need is that, right. that added definition. And coach, that's the way that we ended that conversation. I hope it was helpful. I really hope that when it comes to answering these objections, especially something where it really involves the definition of your school and, and who you are as not only an institution, but as a program and an athletic department, that you really approach it confidently, that you've realized you know, there are a lot of different ways to define a program and define it as good. And that's really what your prospect needs and wants to hear is, Coach, tell me why I should go here. Tell me why, in this case, a smaller campus is better. Make the case, Coach. Don't shy away from it. Address it. Bring it up. You set the tone and the topic, and and good things will happen. Most of the time, good things will happen because recruits simply want to know how to think about things. So a lot more on the blog on our website at dantutor.com. You just go to the blog section and we've got 15 years worth of free articles and research for you as a coach to to go through and benefit from when it comes to this topic and literally hundreds of others. Uh, If you have questions, I give you the email address at the top of the episode. It is dan at dantutor.com. Uh, and two main ways that we interact with coaches and athletic departments, just really quickly before we uh, exit out of here, um, we can come and do a workshop on your athletic campus for your department. And uh, those are really effective. They are all customized to your school. Uh, and, and we really try to spend a day and a half, two days going over your issues and your selling points and how to construct the right strategy with your staff. And it has been hugely beneficial and it is uh, really fun for me to get on a campus and do that with you. Uh, We can also work with you as a client where we help you to uh, outline your strategy and develop your communication and your messaging and then let you get it out to recruits and have it work. So lots of different ways to interact with us. All that information is on the website at dantutor.com. Coach, tell your friends, tell your fellow coaches, uh, even tell a few of your competitors if you want about the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. We would love to increase the audience, increase the conversation so that we can have more good ones like this with this coach and, and, uh, and everyone else. So really appreciate you listening. Thanks for all the support and all the good uh, comments. Uh, it's great that you like the podcast. We'll keep them coming if you keep listening. So that's going to do it for today. Thank you for listening, and Coach, have a great week out there recruiting.